I have been for this year, I think, and I've heard everybody's talking about this. You know, this is 2020. So everybody talks about we're going to have perfect vision. Our vision for this year is 2020. <laughs> Clever. And everybody's been saying it, making up cute slogans about it. I thought I was smart when way back last April, I was making up slogans for 2020 because I knew that was our anniversary year and I wanted to be sure that we had some catchy phrases. And so after I made up all my phrases, I heard them from all other people, all other ministries, all other, everybody made that up. So I guess it wasn't me making them up. I guess they were just God's phrases. But anyway, early in this year of 2020, I uh, was asking, you know, in the morning when I'm praying and writing in my journal that Angela so lovingly made for me, I like to find out what God has in mind for me for the day and who I can encourage that day. So on this day that happened to be January 5th, I was saying, Lord, how can I encourage my husband and my children today? Please give me your mind and allow me to see them through your eyes. And after I wrote that down, I thought, I, yeah. And, and I've talk, been talking about this. I want to see through the eyes of God. Amen. And I've been talking about this a lot this year. We need to pray continually, Lord, let me see through your eyes. Let me see as you see. Because if I see as God sees, I'm going to be more likely to do what God wants to have done. And, and we'll get really a clear vision in 2020. Our 2020 vision will be clear if we're seeing through God's eyes if we see it the way he sees it. If we try to see it our own way, not so much. We might make a mistake. I was reminded when I was, when I was preparing this of Moses. Now Moses, you know, was raised in the palace. He had the greatest of everything. And yet something moved him when he saw how his people, he, he was truly a Hebrew child, but his life was saved. He was, he was adopted by the uh, Pharaoh's daughter. What's she called? Pharaohette? What's, what's her title? Does she have one? Okay, princess. We'll call her princess. Anyway, he was, a, he was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh, so he had everything, but he was still Hebrew. I mean, he was raised as an Egyptian. He probably acted Egyptian and the only thing he didn't worship the Egyptian sun god, but everybody else was doing that. I don't think he did. I hope not. Maybe he did for a while. But he knew when he saw the Hebrew people being treated as slaves, it hurt him. It bothered him. And whether he really understood why or not, I don't know, but he somehow had an understanding in his mind and heart of what his purpose was. His purpose was to free his people. And so he went charging right out there, got himself into a big mess because he didn't see it through God's eyes. He saw it through his own. 
So therefore, he, he had the purpose, but he didn't know what to connect it to. And that's what we were talking about the other night, Pastor Marianne. He had the purpose, but he didn't know what to connect it to. So he had the purpose out of context. Now here is what I want to show you. Did you ever go to a drawer in your house and pull out something and say, what's this for? What is this? I went through a thing when they were remodeling our powder room. There was one screw that went into the heat vent that held it in. And it was an odd position for the heat vent and the screw had to be a certain length and it was unusual and all that. And so Ralph, the contractor, said, I'm going to put this screw here, and I didn't see where here is, but I, I want to really protect this because it's the only one I, like that that I have. And it will hold that thing in. I don't know if any of you noticed that for a little while, the heat vent in our bathroom, you could just take it off, put it on. It was, there was no screw in it. Because somebody to whom that screw meant nothing, because they didn't know the story be, behind how valuable it was, <clears throat> just didn't pay attention and either knocked it into the waste paper basket or said, what's this screw doing here? You know, it was someplace it didn't belong. The screw was gone. It had no value because we didn't know its purpose. I want to show you something. Joey, what did you do with that? Where's Joey? There it is. Wow. Make it as hard as possible for me to get to it. You did exactly what I told you to do, though. He's my favorite grandson. On the way out the door this morning, I went to a drawer that we have in our basement. And I just took out a handful and put them in this basket. Do any of you have any of these? I saw a guy do this on television. He said to me, he was said to a lot of people because he was on television, but he said to me personally, if you don't know what this is connected to, or what this is for, if you don't know what it's for, it's because, well, it's of no value to you, but it's because maybe it's Marianne's to know about. And if I pull this out and say, what? What is this? She'll say, oh, that goes with the remote control or the VCR or that's for the Blu-ray. You can't get that confused with the other. What's it for? Oh, this is for the Wii. You see, I found out what this is. Now this has a purpose. I'll take it back, Susan, and put it where it belongs. <clears throat> now we have a purpose here. And it was real funny. This guy on television said, do any of you have a drawer like this at home? Everybody has a drawer like that at home. We just happen to have one by the door going out in the basement. We have one at the top of the steps. We have one in my bedroom. We have, we have lots of these drawers. And I don't know what most of that stuff is for. But you see, this has value now if I know that I can take it home and connect it to the Wii machine or whatever that is, Wii device. We do the same thing with our lives. You see, we have to know who we're connected to. We're saying, what's the purpose for my life? 
What, what's, what's my purpose? What am I here for? We shouldn't be asking, what am I here for? It's who am I here for? I'm here for him, not for me. If you're here for, if your answer to who am I here for is me, you don't have it right yet. See, now here's what happened to Moses. He had an understanding somewhere in his spirit of God was preparing him, saying, I'm going to be giving you something to do. But when he felt that in his spirit, he took charge. Do we do that? Okay, I've got the idea, God. You want me to go to Cambodia. I have to use me as an example. You want me to go to Cambodia? Okay, I'll go to Cambodia. I went to Cambodia. Then I knew there must have been something I was supposed to do there. And so we started doing things. And other things and other things. And we had this really sad attempt at a church because we had all little kids in it. It grew up, though. We had a baby shower this week, by the way, at the church in Cambodia. And they played a game. Now, you, you know how different things are in Cambodia than here. They played a game at the shower with water balloons, and it was called The Water Broke. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Now, I don't know if they were throwing water balloons at each other or what they were doing, but they were all dressed up in beautiful dresses. And they had lots and lots of fun. I asked Srayata, please tell me how the game worked. We might need it here for Gracie's shower. Maybe they play that in the Philippines. I, I told Shreya last night that we were having a shower for a girl from the Philippines, and she said, how did she get to your church there? You know, it was kind of like, if she's going to go to our church, she should go to the one here. It's closer. Anyway, that's just how we think sometimes. So Moses ran out and tried to do what obviously God wanted him to do. But he wasn't, he didn't say, God, let me see this through your eyes. He just went and did it. And he had problems as a result of it. It made his grandfather Pharaoh very angry at him. And they were chasing him out and he had to leave and he ran and he ended up in Midian and he started a family there and completely off track from what he should have been doing, I guess. I mean, that, that wasn't the saving his people. That was hiding out in Midian. But here's what happened. And I smiled when I read this. But you, you can do it too. Look in Exodus, the third chapter. This is at the burning bush, you know, and he's talking to God. I have surely seen the oppression of my people, the Lord said, who are in Egypt. You see, before, I guess, Moses thought... He doesn't see the oppression of his people, so he's not doing anything about it. So that's why Moses was trying to take it into his own hands, and it didn't work out. He said, I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So see, Moses, we didn't need you. God was coming to do it himself. He said, I have come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I love the way God works. And to bring them up from the land to a good 
and large land to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, and we, we can go past that. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, my children, out of bondage. Well, wait a minute. God said, I came down to do this. Okay, Moses, you go. Well, wait a minute, God. Uh, me? No, no, I, I, you know, I can't. And then Moses started his excuses. I can't speak, I can't do this. He complained to God for a long time about being sent. Here's the deal. If God's going to do something on the earth, he's going to use you. When God says, I'm doing this, he's not physically coming and beating up the Egyptians and taking the Hebrew children out. He's not going to do that. He's going to give somebody the vision. He's going to cause somebody to see the circumstance through his eyes so that the thing that he wants to have done will be done on the earth. That's why we're here. You want to know your purpose? Your purpose is to see like God sees. And if you see like God sees, you'll do what God does. Now, think of this. Just think about your life for a minute. I mean, when, when you're my age, I, th I can think about a lot of stuff. I mean, it's gone on for a long time. <coughs> and then I look at B. Lamont, 103 years old, and I think, wow, yeah, that's really a long time. Well, you know, I think it's, oh, it's in Psalm 90, which was the psalm that Moses wrote. And it says that a thousand years to God is, or a thousand years to us, is just like a watch to God. A watch is three hours. So now imagine a thousand years. I think, wow. And I thought a hundred was long. A thousand years. And God sees it as this little bitty piece of time that doesn't amount to much. We don't see it God's way. We see it our way. Oh, I have plenty of time. He says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days. That means reminding us our days are numbered. We might only have, I personally have 120 years here on the earth. Other people have 70 or 80. But it depends on what you want. You know, because he says that right in here. But anyway, well, the point that I'm wanting to make with this <coughs> is that we have to recognize we have a limited amount of time. God's been here from forever ago, and he will be here after we leave for forever more. And there's something in our little blip of time that God wants us to do. That's why we're here. So our purpose is to see as God sees, and we need to be looking at that little piece of time that we have and realize I can't afford to waste it, and I need to pray every day, Lord, please show me through your eyes. And do you know he'll do it? Yes. 
Do you know he'll let you see things that you've never seen before? You'll love people in a new way because you could never really realize, why do you act like that? Now all of a sudden when I've asked God to let me see you through his eyes, I know why you act like that, because you're such a sweet man. I know why you act like that, because you're married to Mary Ann. She's taught you everything she knows, or you know. <laughs> anyway, the whole point here was that the purpose is to see as God sees. That little piece of time, maybe we'll start to see it as just a little piece of time. But we have to ask, when somebody comes to the drawer and pulls you out, what's this for? What's this little piece of time for? Nobody knows unless you get connected. When you get connected, your purpose is going to be apparent. When, when we were in Cambodia and we were trying, well, we're here. We're walking around in total disbelief because I had never been to a third world country. I didn't know people lived like that. And so we walked around in shock for a while. We looked out dirty windows for a while trying to figure out what was going on. But then I watched the hand of God move when I finally prayed and said, Lord, I don't have any idea what I'm doing here. I came because I thought you wanted me to. I didn't know then to ask him to show me through his eyes, but I asked him to love the Cambodian people through me. Do you remember, <clears throat> I don't know how many of you were around here at the time, when I said, I don't like dirt, I don't like heat, I don't like bugs, and I'm not all that crazy about Oriental people. Just don't trust them. I saw Casablanca. I know how Oriental people are. <clears throat> God changed that when I said, would you please love the Cambodian people through me? He said, you know what I'll do for you? I'll give you one. Yes. And I found the kindest, sweetest, most caring people I mean, there's definitely culture shock when we return to the United States after being in, in Cambodia. And I'm sad that Cambodia is turning so American. They even had a mass shooting in Thailand yesterday. Oh, well. Anyway, just as Moses thought he was doing the right thing, I mean, he, what a great move. Every person would say, Moses, what a wonderful man you are. My goodness, look at this. You're living in the palace. You have everything you could ever want. And you're going to take a chance on losing all of that by trying to defend these slaves? What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Just shh. leave well enough alone. But God said, Moses... I saved your life for a reason. I saved your life so that you could do what I want to have done on the earth during your little blip of time. We think what we do is so darn important. I remember when we started in this ministry, there were a whole bunch of televangelists and people with big churches and all this kind of stuff. And 
I would just look at them like, oh, if I could just do maybe a tenth of what you've done, wow, that would be so great. I don't even know where most of those people are now. I was looking at them and saying, oh, you're so wonderful. And instead of saying, look what Jesus can do through a regular human. Because I didn't think any of them were regular humans. I thought they were probably smart, the smartest people in the world, the holiest at least. But I found out that God, all through the Bible, uses people that just don't really seem all that holy. I mean, Moses was running away because he got into a fight and he was running for his life. He was a nice guy, but he did it the whole wrong way. He missed the timing. He missed everything that God had laid out for him because he ran ahead of God. Now, I want to ask you, who are you for? Not what are you for, but you are plugged in to the creator of all things, the most high God. He can do anything through you. And that's why it's so hard for us to understand, well, why does God use some people and he doesn't use other people? You know, Bishop told us a long time ago, he'll use any yielded vessel. And he has a purpose. He designed us intentionally for his purpose. We have to find out what it is. We don't have to find out by trial and error. We need to find out by sitting quietly before him and saying, what would you like me to do next, Lord? What would you like me to do for your kingdom today? Nothing comes to mind? Then just start your day, and as you're going along, something will happen that will scare you, and you'll take care of it, and think if God told me that this morning, I wouldn't have stayed home. So sometimes when he doesn't tell you, when you say, what do you have for me today? And you don't hear anything, it's because if he told you, either you'd try to do it in your own strength, or you'd be afraid to do it so you'd stay home. I mean, what if there was a car crash and you were going to save somebody's life? What would you do if God told you in the morning, today there's going to be a car crash? And you're going to have an opportunity to save someone's life in that car crash. And it'll be, and he gives you the intersection where it's going to be or something. Well, you'd go there early and try to keep, stop it. You'd try to keep us from having a car crash. And you're interfering with God's plan. Because his plan isn't just for you. But I guarantee you, whatever he gives you to do is affecting Tony Borkowski. And whatever he gives Tony to do is affecting Jamie. Because God has a big plan. And he has a big, long time to do it, but he only has you to work with for a little bit of time. So I would suggest that we don't waste our time, but rather we get plugged in where we're supposed to be plugged in and let it be known. Now here's the other thing. When you have something to do for God, and you're plugged into him, obviously, and you have his authority in this situation, but you don't know it. 
you can speak to the situation and something will happen. Why does it happen that you can speak to a dead man laying down in the front of your church and he gets up? And then, and I'm talking about me, I went over and put my hands on Joanne's ears, expecting them to open like that. And they didn't. Why was that? I wasn't supposed to do one of them, maybe. Maybe it wasn't God's timing. Maybe it was my desire for her to be healed, but God was teaching her something, but she will be healed. Amen. <clears throat> Healing is something that takes place over time. Miracles happen like that. I'm just looking for a healing for Joanne. And it'll happen over time and she's going to learn something that she didn't know before. But getting back to Moses, he reminded us in Psalm 90, and it's unusual to think that we're talking about Moses in the book of Psalms, but that's where we are. Uh, he wrote this because he knew God so well, he could. He was very rich. He was very poor. He was the deliverer of a whole nation. He lived to be 120 years old. He had a lot going in his relationship with God. And he knew to whom he was plugged, I guess. That's how I should say it. He was plugged in. And people didn't have to question. When he was in Egypt, people didn't say, what's he here for? He's here to deliver the people. It's pretty apparent. When he was there before, people would say, what's he here for? I don't know. He's a rich kid. You know, what's he here for? I don't know why he's here. He's here to... If they had cars then, drive fast cars. He's here to have wild parties. Yeah, drive fast chariots, have wild parties. I don't know what he's here for. But when he went back, everybody knew what he was there for. Why? Because they could see where he was connected. Church, we need to see where we're connected. And we need to let people know we're connected. Susan and I had a very nice talk about this last night. We were talking about people being connected. And I said, you know, all of these friends that you have from Chick-fil-A and from your school and all that, you have a great opportunity to tell them about the Lord. That's why she's taking the counseling class. Because every problem that we discuss in counseling class she said, every one of these. I can use every one of them to tell somebody something good. And she's not doing it to hurt anybody. She's doing it to help everybody. That's the point of that class. Now, we need to know what's the purpose of this church with clear vision in 2020. And how are we going to find that out? Bishop is preparing us. We need to, just as Pastor Marianne said this morning, we need to have the word of God. That's who's going to set the people free. So we have to have the word of God and the understanding of, of God's word in our hearts and in our minds. And then we have to be in a position where we can, without saying, I mean, it's nice that we have those little books that we can give them, but we can't say, wait, I know, wait, I know about this. Wait, I have a booklet and go get a booklet. 
That's not how you help somebody with their problem. Handing them a booklet that they can read themselves, that might be helpful later. But for right now, the Word of God says, I remember there was a couple in our church when we had been ministering for about a year. We were very young. And this couple came to us and wanted to get a divorce. And we were, I had no, no idea. I just said, no, you can't have a divorce. That's all I knew. Why not? God doesn't want you to do that. I didn't know. Maybe God did want them to do it. I didn't know what was going on. I was still too young. But as I sat there talking to them, I kept quoting scripture. Scripture I didn't even know I knew. I'm not doing that. I have a new microphone, Daniel. I was quoting scripture. Scripture I didn't even know I knew. But God had been preparing me for that moment. Something else then. God had been preparing me for that moment since I was in high school. The reason that I know that is I never sat down and memorized a whole bunch of scripture back before I was in the ministry. I didn't say I want to memorize the Bible or anything like that. I read it. I understood it. But I couldn't remember it just like that. But when I was in high school, I was in the North Hills High School Concert Choir. And back in the old days, we used to sing a lot of really good songs that were all scripture. And from singing those songs, I memorized the scripture because, you know, sing it, you'll never forget it. I'm sure you all know the words to Little Ducky Duddle from first grade. You just don't, if you ever learned it in first grade, you just don't forget these things. And because I sang those songs, those scriptures got in here. And then when the person who needed to hear them was sitting in front of me, God called them to my remembrance and I said them. It was the most exciting time of my life because I could see that God used me to do that. I didn't do that. I didn't know I knew that scripture. And that's what God is going to do for every one of us in helping our friends. And that's what this church has been called to. Bishop prays and says, Lord, let me see this church and our purpose through your eyes. And the Lord shows him clearly, and he tells us. And sometimes it sounds like, I don't like that plan, God. Well, that's too bad, because that's God's plan that he has, and that's how it's going to work. And if we try to do it in our own strength, our own way, and our own timing, we're going to have a little Moses problem. We're going to be out running away from Pharaoh and be on the backside of something. You notice how everybody goes to the backside of the desert. Usually for 40 years. Do you feel like we've been in the backside of the desert for 40 years? <clears throat> I do. But I know that God is doing something through us. I know that he's bringing just exactly the right people to be here to learn. 
and he's going to put the right people in your life. And we might not ever know in our little blip of time that we're here what we did. Imagine that boy that was standing on the street corner in New York City who told rags, you know, that boy with the leather jacket and the slick back hair. We know him as Bishop Beninate now. But some boy said to him, here's the gospel track. And Bishop Beninate, I mean rags, said to him, if there is a God, he doesn't love me. But that guy prayed with him. Sent him to Teen Challenge and never saw him again. Maybe that was his whole purpose in his little blip of time. We don't know whatever became of him. And Bishop said, I can't wait to get to heaven and go looking for him. Have to find him. But you see, it's not just, <clears throat> well, because of that boy, Bishop Beninate got saved. Hallelujah. That's great. Because of that boy, there's a huge ministry and lots of schools in Cambodia. Because of that boy, there are a lot of people who are not sitting here today that you say, well, they were here before. Where did they go? Do you know I'm so happy to be able to talk to them and know that they're still ministering the gospel just someplace else. God never said everybody has to come and sit down in this church. We send people out from this church so that they can make a difference in the world. And that's what's going on. And if we don't like the plan, you can try a plan somewhere else. But I'll tell you what, if this is where you're plugged in, if this is the connection through which you are supposed to be working, your plan's not going to work out. I can't take this, if you can see it. It's pretty square. I can't go plug it into the wall over there, into one of those little two-prong receptacles. It won't go in. This must be a terrible thing. No, this is a wonderful thing. But it has to be plugged in at the right place. We all are plugged in at the right place. I believe that. And I want to encourage all of you to spend some time this week saying, God, what's my purpose? Help me to see it through your eyes. Look at your life and say, I know it looks like, you know, I'm 20 or I'm 30 or 40. I've got plenty of time left. You don't know that. We could walk out the door today and there could be a Mass murderers standing on the street ready to shoot us all. That's how crazy the world is these days. I'm not worried about it because if he shoots me, I'll go be with Jesus, and I'm real glad about that. But my dog won't understand where everybody went. Somebody tell him, okay. <laughs> no, what, what I'm saying to you is we have a place that we're supposed to be plugged in. We have the place where we're supposed to be doing what God has given us to do. But we have to see it through his eyes, not our own. And if we will ask God this week, show me through your eyes what I'm supposed to be doing. Help me to see the way you see, because I want to do what you want me to do. In, in the child training class, I say that same kind of thing. And I say, you know, if you want the kids to want to do what you want them to do, you need to give them some understanding of why you want them to do it. Do you want them to do it 
If you don't tell them, they say, well, she wants me to do that because she's mean. She doesn't want me to have fun. She doesn't like me. And they become victims. But if you spend the time to sit down with your kids and say, here's why, they'll be happy. They'll be happy to do what makes you happy. So church, we're going to have clear vision of our purpose. And we're going to get clear vision of our purpose by all of us this week getting before the Lord and saying, please, Lord, let me see through your eyes. Love these people through me. Get connected. Father, I thank you so much that you've revealed to us the thing that we need to do to be connected, perfectly connected to you. I thank you for this church, Lord, and the people in it. I ask, Lord, that you would just move in every heart, move through everybody's mind, through everybody's eyes. Let us see our purpose clearly so that we can go forward with your plan, not ours. I ask this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> see, you have to stand for me to bless you. <clears throat>